Welcome to Propagate, where we grow in community by multiplying healthy groups through the ministry of the Word. This is a podcast by growth group leaders for growth group leaders. Thanks for joining us today. Here are your hosts. Hello, and welcome to Propagate, where we grow in community by multiplying healthy groups through the ministry of the Word. Yeah! Word of God! We love it! Let's go! All right, is this our special guest, Mike Augsburger, this week? Unfortunately, no. You're no, stuck just... with, once again, the infamous second redhead <laughs> on staff, Josh Smith. Josh Smith. So Josh is our, we're going to actually, he's, he's less of a host today and more of a guest. Um, this is Pastor Zach here, and we'd like to talk about pastoral coaching, and I'd love to just ask Josh some questions about this, because he has done more work than you can imagine in assisting the pastors on helping us grow in the ministry we would call pastoral coaching. So well, several years ago, we realized that when our growth groups went from 10 to 12 at the beginning to 35 to 45 different groups that we have, that it was not sustainable for one pastor to be able to oversee all of them. And one of the best ways that we could shepherd our growth groups is by, first of all, shepherding our growth group leaders and through having a coaching structure. So that's what we have been moving toward, and we're really taking some big steps this year uh, to develop that more. So what do pastors do in this whole thing we call coaching? So the pastoral office is defined by scripture. It's one of the only job descriptions that was written about 2,000 years ago in today's day and age. And pastors, their entire role can basically be summarized. This was uh, taken from a book called The Shepherd Leader by Timothy Whitmer. And pastors are called to know, to feed, to lead, and protect the flock. Yes, a very a very helpful description. Maybe spend a moment and break a couple of those words down. What does it mean to know, to feed, and to lead, and to protect? So to, to know the flock is a lot more than just uh, knowing they exist, knowing their names. But pastors are called to intimately know the people that are underneath them. They are to know the flock, know the church, know their names, know their families, know their kids' names, know what struggles they might have going on, know uh, some of the things they've struggled with in the past and how they came to know Christ, know whether they've been baptized or, or not. Pastors are called to know all of these things and more about the the people because that's You're kind what, of making an argument for plurality, but that's for another day. So, yeah. uh, Yes, I am. And uh, we'll be actually getting to that later on, probably. But uh, pastors are to know the flock because pastors are simply, they are to be Christ to their people. And if Christ knows his church on a universal level, on the universal church, then pastors are to know their flocks on a local level because they are under the chief shepherd, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the qualifications of a pastor that uh, loom large in our minds, another passage is Hebrews thirteen seventeen, and yes. reminds Great us passage. that it's the pastors who ultimately give an account to God uh, in eternity for, uh, for their church. And so that's why this is important. What about feeding and leading? So feeding the flock is from the Word of God. The Word of God is soul food for the soul, or 
That was a little redundant. Uh, the word of God is the food of the church. And the pastors are the ones who study the word and serve it up on a platter called sermons and teaching and discussion where they are teaching the word of God to the people so that they may eat of the wonderful riches of the character of God and how he's operated in the world and how he's working in their lives even now. Leading, on the other hand, is less teaching the Word of God and is more along the lines of holding people's hands and helping them take steps forward in their obedience to and trust in the Word of God. So, yeah. so Paul, feed and lead are on two sides of, of the same coin. So Paul talks often about imitation and being a good example. So maybe that would be uh, an important aspect of, of leadership is not just decision-making, uh, it's not just acting like a general or a CEO, but it's it's uh, leading people uh, by their example as much as by the decisions they make. Right. I, I think through the the authority of of Christ Himself, and He has uh, genuine authority where He should be obeyed, He should be followed, He should be uh, listened to. But at the same time. He, his leadership itself is caring. It is gentle. It is a leadership that serves and gives of himself for the people under his care rather than being domineering. And this is what pastors are to do as well. As pastors study the word and uh, seek to lead the congregation in the word, the congregation should follow what the pastor is leading them towards as long as it is um, as long as it is what the word of God actually teaches. But more than that, the pastor should also be leading through his service of the flock and his example to the flock. And you had one more word here, and I, I know you're bringing this from the New Testament, especially, Acts chapter 20, but you talk about the importance of protecting the flock. Expand on that. Yes, there. Uh, you read through the scriptures, and time and again, Jesus says, there are going to be wolves who come. Paul said there are going to be wolves who come and seek to destroy the flock. And what they're primarily referring to is false teaching uh, and uh, to people coming alongside and saying, are you really sure that salvation is only through Christ? Or are you really sure that um, the the word of God can be trusted and is, and is inerrant and reliable? There are people in the world today who do teach these things, and part of the pastor's responsibility is not only to teach the word and to protect the flock from straying into false teaching and heresy. So I kind of feel like if you could watch me now, Sitting in the chair, I'm I'm sinking lower and lower into my seat because the weight of pastoral ministry and the over awesome responsibility gets heavier and heavier. So maybe move on to talk about growth groups so I don't have to keep feeling the weight of, of <laughs> uh, what you're talking about here. So what do growth group leaders do? Yeah, so growth group leaders, on the other hand, are not found in Scripture. Their job description isn't a few centuries old, and uh, growth groups can, small group ministries at any local church can look different based on the people they have and their their environments in which their church is located. So when it comes to growth group leaders here at Soteria, growth groups are an expression of community within the 
West Des Moines, Norwalk, South Des Moines location in which Soteria finds itself. Growth group leaders are to be shepherds of their growth group. So in some ways, growth group leaders and pastors do the same things, but growth group leaders do so out of service for the uh, congregation and underneath the shepherding authority of the pastors within the church. Yeah, I might even add now that that one of our desires in the long run is to develop more leaders, and many of those leaders would be unpaid pastors, and it is very likely that the uh, people who are elders, pastors, whatever we call them, within our ministry in the future will be coming from this growth group uh, growth group leader pool. And so this is a great training for all of us. Uh, when, as, as you've been working in the last uh, year uh, on uh, developing more of our coaching program, how do you envision growth group leaders and pastors working together? So the most important part is that, uh, just like we talked about earlier, the final weight of responsibility always rests on the pastors. The responsibility for the people within your groups is finally on the pastors. It doesn't mean you don't have responsibility for people in your growth groups, but the pastor that is overseeing those particular groups is the one finally responsible for those people in those groups. And the way growth group leaders work together with pastors is by pastors meeting with growth group leaders once a month. Pastors also are to connect with group members at least once a year in an intentional way where they are seeking to invest in them spiritually, see how they're doing uh, as well. Does that mean that people are assigned to a pastor at Soteria? Yes, and no. Yeah. So uh, if you look around at Soteria, pastors, they are going to be playing zone defense, if you want to use that analogy, yeah. where um, many people, they uh, develop a camaraderie with a certain pastor and they will go out of their way and um, will be reaching out to that pastor and bringing any con concerns or any difficulties that they're struggling with. And those pastors are able to minister to them in their time of need right then and there. And that's how it should be. But at the same time, pastors aren't just responsible for the people who approach them. Pastors are responsible for all people underneath uh, them in the church, whether these people approach them or not. Yeah, Maybe, maybe but, I just put a, put a really quick plug for church membership here. As yes. Pa- uh, membership is one of the ways that that ministries or healthy ministries seek to prioritize uh, the people that we minister to. So as group leaders, you should be uh, seeking to know whether or not your group members are members of the church, and you should also know why, what's uh, keeping them from taking that next step if they are not members. But uh, when it comes to the way pastors and growth group leaders work together, pastors need to have a strategic way of ministering to everyone under their care, whether they approach them or not. So so our way of doing that is by putting pastors over certain growth groups, about five to five growth groups per pastor is the goal at this point, which will mean the pastor will have about 75 people underneath him that he is intentionally connecting with on a yearly basis. Uh, This is taken from the works of 
of a, a pastor by the name of Richard Baxter who who did something similar, although on a, a big... He's like the gold standard, though. He, he is the gold standard, but his uh, model is far more approachable than people give him credit right. for. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, yep. And so, this is our way of seeking to do a modern expression of that in a in Soteria. Yeah, so I, I've been at Soteria about 12, 13 years right now. Um, and uh, assisting with the growth groups nearly all that time and uh, have had any any uh, number of ways of connecting with people. In the past, I tried to uh, have lunch with growth group leaders once or twice a year, uh, but then when you have 35-plus growth group leaders, that becomes trickier. So we've moved to more of a coaching system and, and divided that out. Some pastors have been able to connect with groups every few weeks, and some it's been harder to connect with. And one of the things you're really pushing towards is this monthly meeting. So maybe talk about like what that could look like. Yeah. So these monthly meetings are really the heart and soul of the coaching process. Um, it's one thing to think through all the logistics of who's under what pastor and what people in those groups are being reached out to over the course of a year. But it's another thing to see how that works practically as the growth group leaders meet with their pastoral coach on a monthly basis. And these monthly meetings, they are there are really two goals for the monthly meetings. It is to discuss the health of your group and also to provide continued training for leading your growth group. Yeah, that that comes from pastors, but it's really cool to see that how, how that happens with one another. As growth groups spend more time talking to each other, leaders talk to each other, then they can learn from each other and we can learn, learn from you. It's not just a one-way street. It's a, it is truly a helpful conversation. Yes, yes it is. And uh, that's incredibly important because uh, growth group leaders that are new are not just going to be learning from pastors, but they're, they are also going to be learning from growth group leaders who have been leaders for, for years. They have experience. They have, uh, they have served their time, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. They've got lots and lots of stories. Yes. Uh, yes. And a story to match just about everything. So that kind of... So these meetings are learning from pastors, yes, but also learning from one another, which is what we are called to do in Romans 15. You've spent a lot of time developing a training program, and that's been fun to see that take off, and groups have already been using some of that. But give us more uh, background on and developing that and where you would like to see that go. Yeah, so the... the the training pr- curriculum is called Propagate. It's a nine-month curriculum in which growth group leaders are able to continue to, to learn about leading a growth group and have it be on their mind over the, over the course of those nine months while groups are going on from September through May, but then provide them opportunities to see how other groups are applying the principles from from those readings and discuss those alongside their pastoral coach in these meetings. So, so you've got readings. Give us an example. Yeah, there are readings. This year we are having growth group leaders read through the majority of a book called Growth Groups by Colin Marshall. And uh, it is one of the books that was most influential in how Pastor Zach and uh, put together growth groups over the course of the year. Yeah, I, I would say that whether you're in ministry or not, the first couple of chapters are really worth the price of the book. 
Yes. Which is for leaders actually free. But yeah, it's an excellent first chapter and should be read by people whether they're in pastoral ministry or not. Yes. And uh, it is an overview of what groups ministry looks like. And from there, there is a supplemental chapter from another book that we are able to use. And this supplemental chapter, it expounds more on the particular topic being discussed in growth groups. So for example, one of the weeks during the growth group books discusses prayer. How do you pray together as a group? So from there, we have a chapter from Praying with Paul by D.A. Carson, and it outlines Paul's prayer methodology. And you're able to then go into your pastoral coaching meetings, and you are able to discuss the readings with one another and with your pastoral coach to sharpen and hone in how you lead prayer, prayer time as a growth group yeah, leader. So instead of having week. one book per topic, you, are, you have taken the time to take some of the best chapters or best pages out of some of the best books and then condense those into a resource for growth group leaders and then and given them discussion topics for that. Yes, that has been the goal. So groups, uh, one of the things we talk about is what is a healthy group? And maybe you can share with us how uh, during a co- coaching meeting times, we can address group health. So when, when pastoral coaches are leading groups, the first 25 minutes or so, each of these meetings is only to be about 60 to 90 minutes. And uh, the first 25 minutes or so, uh, pastors will go through the training, do the discuss the readings with their growth group leaders and uh, help one another continue to grow in their ability to lead growth groups. But then the second most important thing, or arguably even more important than the training, is addressing the health of of your group. So the remainder of the time, the pastors will check in with each growth group leader and will ask them about attendance, where if you've been keeping attendance, pastoral coaches will come having marked people who who missed group and ask, hey, is everything, how is this person doing? I noticed they missed a, a few few group meetings over the course of this past month. Um, and they'll check in on the people themselves within your group. And, and that's not gossiping. That's just caring no. for people. Yeah. If pastors are the ones finally responsible for knowing, feeding, leading, and protecting the flock, then growth group leaders need to be forthright with the struggles of the people in their groups so that pastors can minister to their needs alongside you that's right. and also help equip you as you seek to um, to be alongside them as they're going through those difficulties. So uh, this is what we mean when pastors are coming alongside your group and addressing the health of your group. How are the people themselves doing? Have they actually been coming to groups so you are able to know what's going on with them? And also, what have they been struggling with? For example, a few years ago, the growth group I was a part of had a member whose mom tragically died in a car accident that uh that evening. And Pastor Zach called me and said, hey, I just heard about this. Can you go out and um, minister to this person? So I, I went out that evening and 
my wife and I were there with him and his wife for a few hours from like 11 p.m. till till 1 a.m. just um, ministering to them and not wanting them to be alone as they were wrestling through the the loss of his mom that that evening. And uh, then over the course of the the next few weeks, I was walking alongside him constantly. Uh, constantly trying to see how he was doing and minister to him and his wife. And the pastors were also seeking to do the same. So it was a symbiotic relationship. And this was only because that uh, pastoral coach model was operative in some way. We are simply trying to be more strategic in how we are doing that so that um, nobody falls through the cracks, so that everybody is being cared for on on the whole. And... uh, one of the ways we also seek to do do this through the health of groups is by addressing any difficulties you might be having with your group as the growth group leader. So earlier in the podcast, I just had that like sinking feeling of syllabus shock as the weight of pastoral ministry got heavier and heavier as we talked about no feed, lead, and protect. And as you've described this, I'm guessing I've got a couple of friends listening to the growth group leader responsibilities in coaching, and they're feeling the same thing as if you've just added a great burden to them. Maybe maybe just break it down and uh, alleviate some of that fear and tell growth group leaders what they need to do and show them that it is really a doable thing in yes. the long run. It is a, a, a very doable thing. Um, most of your pastoral coaching meetings are probably going to be during one of the services on a Sunday morning. So you're already at church. Uh, if you have kids, throw them into children's ministry and you're able to meet with your pastoral coach for an, an hour or so during one of the services. That's all the extra time it will take, um, in order to do this well. But as a, your reading assignments are maybe 30 minutes a month. Yeah, it, it's not yeah. going to be long. Some of the yeah. chapters are a little longer. Some of them are very short, where uh, one month you might read for 15 minutes. The next month you might read for, for 40 minutes. But over the course of an entire month, yep. that is a, a very uh, doable thing. So all in all, the time that this is going to take is going to be about two hours over the course of a month. And yet the dividends it can pay are incredibly important because the rest of it is just you being the growth group leader, taking attendance, uh, communicating with your growth group members and attending weekly meetings with your growth group, checking in on the people in your group. As you just lead your group, all the pastoral coaching curriculum is meant to do is help you do that better. And also to, um, give pastors the tools that they need and the information that they need to be able to help you help them. Okay. Well, thanks, Josh, for giving us an overview of pastoral coaching and for the work that you've done uh, with this. We're excited for the years to come to invest in your Propagate curriculum. Uh, I'm thankful for the chapters that you've, you've you know, all the, I'm thankful for the work that you've put into that. And leaders, I, I know that you will be as well. So as pastors, We stand before God with the responsibility to know, feed, lead, and protect our flocks. But we can't do that without the help of growth group leaders in our ministry. And we want to see many of you grow in your leadership as well. And the way we're doing that is we're just having more intentionally structured meetings uh, over the coming year where you'll meet um, ideally once a month with with your 
pastors uh, and in those times, in those monthly meetings, uh, be trained. And yes, it will be a small investment, but I do appreciate what Josh said and that there will be a dividend. You will see that in your own personal life and you will also see that in your other relationships and then your ministry as well. Thank you for joining us today on Propagate, where we grow in community by multiplying healthy groups through the ministry of the word. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening. Propagate is a ministry of Soteria Church in West Des Moines, Iowa. To learn more, visit SoteriaDSM.com today.